Welcome to Shatter by Rockwell Automation, Women in the Field. We're your hosts, Kara Parati and Kira Rust. Hi, Kira. Hi, Kara. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited about our guest today. How are you? Same. This is uh this is a great conversation and I think underrated. Yeah. I, I think a conversation that that we haven't had, which um makes sense because the current team that uh we have working on Shatter doesn't have any parents on it. So we're really excited to have not only a previous Shatter host back on the podcast today, but um, two uh, parents with us um, today to kind of cover this topic. And before we really dive into it, there were a few things that we wanted to touch on. One is that this was a topic that was brought up um, a lot in our feedback form. So thank you to all of those who submitted, um, but that the experiences submitted in that form, as well as the ones we're going to talk about are all, you know, individual represented experiences. And then also that the experience on this call that we are grateful to have voices from parents uh, that we work with, but that it doesn't represent every type of parenthood that exists. in the world, especially um, including representing kind of the more LGBTQ plus experience. Um, so just wanted to level set that before we jump in. But uh, without any further ado, do you want to help me introduce our guests, Kira? I would love to. Our previous podcast host, Fumi, earned her engineering degree in electrical engineering in Poland, started working for Rockwell Poland in 2012 as a proposal specialist where she helped OEMs and end users interpret specifications that resulted in them buying Rockwell MCCs. Her role evolved into larger pursuit leader, which incorporated other Rockwell and non-Rockwell products like motors, e-houses, etc. Then she moved to Milwaukee in 2019 uh, to join her partner, Paul, to continue their life together and start a family. Still within Rockwell, she worked with distributors to provide solutions for OEMs, SIs, and end users. Uh, And a little under two years ago, she took on an OEM account manager role where she works closely with OEMs to determine value and opportunities that they can partner with Rockwell to attain their business goals. Fumi and Paul have a 17-month-old toddler named Keanu. That's like Keanu Reeves. She always specifies it that way, so I'll say the same. He's the most inquisitive and opinionated little boy who loves to dance, especially with his hands on the ground and butt in the air. They continue to learn about themselves as individuals and as partners with every new experience they encounter, raising a toddler with the help of an au pair, which was a childcare route they chose given that some family was thousands of miles around the world and the other family is mostly working class and just as busy as they are. And COVID was still prevalent when Keanu was born and still is now. As a result of this new journey as parents, Paul and Fumi have put more effort into planning extracurricular activities like being a part of multiple bowling leagues, arranged playdates with friends, and continuously implementing lifestyle choices that promote a sustainable uh, choice for the earth for their kids to live in someday. Fumi is a returning guest, as I mentioned, who also hosted the uh, Shatter podcast for a year, um, about a year ago. 
We are very excited to also have our other guest here today, Avery Cernet, who joined Rockwell after graduating from Georgia Tech in 2015. Upon completion of the sales development program, she joined the Nashville sales team on the OEM and SI account team covering parts of Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. She then worked alongside Rockwell's local distributor partner as a channel account manager. For the past year, Avery has been working on the partner enablement team, serving Rockwell's OEM, SI, and distributor partners. Avery and her partner, Joe, have a 20-month-old toddler tornado named Billy, who enjoys running circles around her parents alongside her puppy brother, Patrick. The Cernet life motto is, how hard could it be? And the answer is almost always much harder than anticipated. Both Avery and Joe work full-time in Nashville without any local family, but an amazing group of friends. Outside of work and parenting, Avery likes to stay active, and you can find her on the Peloton leaderboard in the early morning before the chaos begins. Welcome, Avery and Fumi. We're so excited to have you today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for those introductions. Impressive. I know. Listening to them, I'm like, wow, who are these people? It is funny to watch your your life get summarized. It's uh, so much more complicated in the day-to-day. Sounds beautiful laid out. Thank you again for being here. Brass tacks, what does work and parenthood look like for both of you right now? Ooh, big question. Um, So (laughs) work and parenthood, uh, I like to describe it as joyful chaos, Um, about a, a year ago, I transitioned into a global role, which has added elements of challenges to the work-life balance. I frequently have calls early in the morning or late in the evenings, and I try to balance those when my daughter, Billy, is asleep or uh, occupied, <laughs> which can be tough with a toddler. Um, but one of the reasons I transitioned into this role was it is fully remote. I was previously on the road frequently calling on customers, but this worked better for how my partner and I's work um, schedules are laid out. And it's it's been beautiful for, for us uh, working remotely and getting to spend extra time with my daughter in the morning, not having to rush out the door. I love not having to get dressed, especially because inevitably I get yogurt or oatmeal or something all over me during the morning meal time chaoses. I do um, that without a toddler. Yeah. It somehow gets everywhere. And I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I truly don't. There's more yogurt on our walls and on myself than I think I give her at the beginning of the meal. She somehow multiplies it. Um, but it's, it's been excellent and I've really enjoyed the the remote aspects of work because of the flexibility it gives me in my day to get things done. Um, and we're just really enjoying the chaos that toddlerhood brought. People try to warn you um, about how parenthood changes as your child ages, but there's nothing like the frontline curiosity and just... <laughs> The the thoughts that go from her mind to her body doing them, it's it's amazing to watch in real time. <laughs> when you say 
this is probably grossly visceral, but when you say yogurt in the context of a toddler, I can smell it. Like I know, yeah. <laughs> I know what that smells like. It's also a very sticky phase of motherhood. Um, everything, everything is covered. Um, we're big on snacks in our household and uh, you can definitely tell. So I warn anybody who gets into our car or comes over, we apologize in advance. But Patrick, our, our dog, does a good do- job of cleanup. Nice. Yeah, so Avery, I might have to reach out to you because um, it seems like you're a little bit ahead, um, a couple of months ahead. So I might be seeing this approaching real soon. <laughs> so, yes. my, so for me, and, and, and just segue into that, right? For me, motherhood, literally, um, it keeps translating in my life, but it is, I had to be flexible. I thought I was always flexible. I needed to be way more flexible, but in order to do that, I have to create some form of structure. It's the most, it's a crazy, so I I understand that chaos and joy type of thing. So literally I translate that to balance, like really you can't kill yourself type of thing. It's happening just take it in. Like literally that's, that's how I translate motherhood. We talk about it so much. We talked about it before. I used to talk about it before, but now I'm like, okay, this is actually what we meant when we were talking about it. Um, he, he says, you know, you know, he's growing and he's just 17 months and now he has opinions. And it's, for, for us, it's like, okay, he says, no, all right. How do we get him to do it? Um, so for me, it's being, it's just being, being, just acknowledging that structure and flexibility go hand in hand. That's what parenthood is to me right now. I love that point about flexibility because you're totally right. That is one of the biggest challenges for me going from a very type A person uh, as a working parent. Every day that I am able to work without a tiny assistant is a blessing. And I never know when we're going to get the next cold or daycare is going to be closed. So I find myself having to let go of a lot of the control that I previously held so tightly to. It is a humbling experience, um, but also freeing in some ways to just take it day by day. And you know, you'll adjust, especially having a good support team. You'll figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of kind of the, the flexibility required, and, and I know I've had conversations kind of individually with both of you and and as a group ahead of this, but, um, having good support system in work and outside of work is, is one big point that was, was raised by the two of you, but then also that one of the biggest flexibility needs that you guys experienced was when it came from when it came to pumping. And I know that that is kind of a topic that comes up with, with a lot of new parents. And so I know there's some funny stories and maybe some, uh, stories of support. And so I wanted to open up the floor to the two of you to kind of share some of those experiences. Absolutely. Pumping is such a complicated and breastfeeding in general. It's such a complicated topic like so many things in the world today, it can be extremely polarizing. Everybody's experience is so personal and 
it's so hard not to step into hard held beliefs. Uh, but I, I had uh, a wild ride with, with returning to work after maternity leave and, and um, trying to continue breastfeeding. It is a especially difficult challenge for parents in the field. I, at the time was working really closely with a distributor partner. So not only were we still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, as I came back from maternity leave, those restrictions were loosened, but not gone. And we were returning to our partners. We were returning to our offices. And I found myself spending more time actually at my partner office than I did at a Rockwell facility. And in a pretty male dominated field, no one no one reached out to me when I was coming back to work. No one talked to me about an appropriate place to pump or what that was going to look like. And I thought, you know what? I'll just figure it out day by day. And I am inherently a problem solver. And if I don't have to ask for help, I I don't want to. So I just figured I'll handle this myself. I don't I don't need to ask for help. So I returned to work to my partner's office. They have a dedicated space where, where Rockwell folks can work. Um, I just put some paper over the window. The door had a lock on it. I thought we're good to go, right? I'll just close the door. No way. Get, get my things done and <laughs> we'll move on. And um, yeah, it actually worked. I had no problem, except I left the tape at the paper, like over the little small window in the door. And I guess I didn't unlock the door from the inside when I left and I didn't come back to that office for a couple of days because it's our partner's location. Apparently, they have like an HR policy against keeping paper over windows, which oh, is very, no. and also against locking doors. <laughs> and they had to like go up to their local VP to get the key to that door to unlock it again. And it turned out to be this whole thing. Everyone was asking like who locked it and why. And it kind of escalated much more than I thought it ever would have. And it was a lesson in asking for help for me. Like I probably should have just reached out to that office um, and asked for accommodations but I also, I found it to be a really awkward topic and I didn't want to bring it up. So it's, it's such an interesting thing to think about in an industry like ours, where so many of us are on the road. I pumped while driving all the time. Oh my God. You know, they make um, like breastfeeding covers that you, you're, so that if you're out in public and you don't want to be exposed. So I would just, you know, kind of situate myself and put one of those on and I'd be driving all over Alabama and Tennessee to do it. Cause I think one of the things that people don't realize about pumping is that it takes a really long time. It, mm -hmm. I mean, I think I eight hours a day, mm -hmm. right. Is how long you'd be breastfeeding the average child, like infant. Um, Cause it's 20 to 30 minutes long uh, every three to four hours. It's a full-time job. And so if you think about your work day, if you have to stop and be alone for 15 to 30 minutes every three hours, I had to really balance wanting to do that and also like getting to where I needed to be in a field role. So it's, I really encourage people to talk with their managers, even though it is a uh, awkward conversation at first. Um, 
it's just important to understand what your options are and let me be a warning. <laughs> yeah. That even though you think you have a solution, it's probably uh, best to check with someone before just going for it. <laughs> well, but also to your credit, it's it's crazy that it has to be embarrassing is the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing, on a lighter note, my hairdresser had a baby recently and yeah. she has like Wi-Fi enabled breast pumps that tell her how much she's pumped. And they're to she'll, she said she would just do that on her drive home and could just totally mm -hmm. let it go. So, so like, it's crazy to me that we have the technology and, and obviously so many moms go through this, but we just don't really talk about it. And yeah, you, you'd actually be amazed. I know, um, somebody who came from a manufacturing background where they actually worked on a plant floor and they were using some of those hands-free pumps while out on the plant <laughs> floor. Cause you okay. can That's totally, I know, <laughs> but also I, that makes me so mad that that was the situation she found herself in. Like that's what right. she needed yeah. to do to get her job done. But, um, we have a long way to go as society to support moms yeah. coming back from work. And great segue here, because I'm wondering, Fumi, if you can touch on what what made your managers good at supporting you, and what would you have wanted to be different. So, along with you know what Avery is saying about that, you know that's hard to bring up, and it's hard to it is a stigma whether we like it or not. What kind of support did you ask for? What did you wish you asked for? How did that go for you? Well, luckily for me, um, <laughs> I did not go, I can do this. Cause I was like, we're about to find out <laughs> what kind of help I can get. Cause I also have a friend who's part of the parents and caretakers um, advisory board or not advisory board, but um, executive board. And so I had this conversations with her before um, my baby was here. And so Having the conversation with my manager started around me needing to travel and I had to travel for work and I needed to pump and I was not going to throw out, you know, what we call breast milk, gold, it's liquid gold. I was not going to throw out liquid gold. So I needed to figure out how to go about it. So I had to go Google and my friend helped me with it, told my manager about it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, um, but I'm going to find out. So that was one of the things that I really, really appreciated about him was like, he was like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I've never heard anybody say this and I'm going to look, look for information about it. He couldn't find information, came back to me. And that literally the information I had was not nothing. It was not tangible to work with. It was just like a link that said you can expense it. Nobody told you how you could do it. Nothing. Um, so I went ahead and just, did the procedure and I had an agreement with my manager. So he was very open with, Hey, we're going to look for a way to take away whatever, um, you know, hurdle you have and to make sure that you can do your work and to make sure you can, you know, travel and not have to one waste what you know is precious and two be worried about, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I decide to do this on my own. So that for me, that was a really good experience um for somebody that doesn't have didn't have a kid didn't hadn't experienced that and I was fairly new to the role as well so not to even think about you know despite him helping me I still had in the back of my mind like oh my god he must really think I'm a burden 
right? Like I'm trying to do. So I understand where Avery had to like say, I'm going to handle this. Because for me, I was like, I know I'm asking for this, but I bet he's like, this girl's new and this girl's asking for way too much help because she just had a baby and she wants to pop. So that is in the back of our mind. So it's always nice to have those managers that are really open to it and acknowledging that I don't know it, but let me go figure it out. If I can't find it and nobody knows about it, show me where, you know, what you were able to find. Let's find a way to make sure we make this work for you. So for me, that was a mind, mind blower and so much help, so helpful that I didn't have to deal with a paper in a window and um, VPs and <laughs> distributors. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Who knew a locked door could cause that much drama? Who knew? Gosh. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like um, the real key is managers one the openness and like level setting that like comfort, but then two a level of being informed. And if they aren't informed, right, like the willingness to go dig for that information. there are two kind of, I guess, management-based stigmas that stuck out a lot um, in kind of the the survey form that some other uh, RE Wi-Fi members filled out. And so I'm going to read two different quotes. And even if these weren't, you know, said directly to mothers, I think the the key here is that these are things that are are being felt and the sentiment of these words are being felt out there. And so the first of these that someone submitted was, some people will tie a stigma to the post-pregnant individual, whereas non-pregnancy medical persons get to rebound. An example of this way of thinking is, well, they haven't been the high performer this last year, probably shouldn't bother to include them for a returning mother. Whereas the thought is, I know they weren't on their A game the last few months, but I have confidence now that they're back. They're ready to take on more for those coming back from other medical issues, which is a kind of a a train of thought around that, that I, I had not heard before, but like makes sense that that is being felt. And then the other uh, submission that I'll, I'll bring up here is one that was simply a quote that The quote is, we are concerned you wouldn't be able to handle the requirements of the job being that you're a mother now. And so again, whether or not those were said directly to mothers, that is clearly um, a sentiment that's being felt out there. And so just wanted to see one, what your thoughts were, if you had advice around how to kind of speak to managers or, or seek the, uh, the kind of advice that that people that are feeling these things might need. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting that that anyone would actually even, I mean, come out and say that, um, say any of these things, because of course, like I just mentioned, right? There's that feeling of, am I doing too much? Am I doing, you know, am I being a burden, right? So. To maybe back back to that point that we made earlier about managers being open, but creating that space for you, like that high trust relationship. I know not everybody is entitled to that. Not everybody has that high trust relationship with their managers. But the other key thing, like I mentioned, was having a friend that was part of this um, ERG, parents and caretakers Um ERG, because that has been a huge help for me. I don't know about you, Avery, but I, I know that to to get your mind out of it too, 
it does help to talk to other people that are going through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I just, gosh, that makes me so angry. Those, those stigmas, but I, I challenge those thoughts. I think that the best way to get something done is to give it to a parent or a busy, a busy person who understands how to take action, not to delay. I mean, I, if I've learned anything from taking on the additional responsibilities of parenthood, it's a real get stuff done attitude. You know, I, I believe that it forces you to be a more efficient decision maker and to understand what truly is important in what is noise. So if those are opinions held by anyone listening to this, I challenge them wholeheartedly that uh, new parents are not able to hold the job responsibilities. Perhaps there are discussions on what is best for that phase of life. You know, if you had a high travel job and those are role responsibilities you no longer want to hold, but that's just nonsense. Mm -hmm. One other submission said, I wish our society viewed paternity leave differently and there was no judgment around a father or non-biological mother or other parent taking parental leave. Um, So clearly there is judgment felt from all perspectives and, and curious with you and your partners um, if, if that's a sentiment that you feel. I do. I do. I, my, my partner, Joe does not get paternity leave. He can take his vacation or um, eventually take FMLA if, if he drained his vacation first, but that wasn't something that we wanted to do. So he took a couple of days off and then he had to go back to work after Billy was born. I, I paternity leave and all types of leaves for parents is a blessing and you should take every opportunity to bond with your new child. I, I do think that him not having paternity leave affected his ability to bond with Billy at first. Um, I hate that there's a stigma around it for taking it. I, I actually have to help coach myself not to judge all parents for not taking their leave. I just don't understand why you wouldn't. Um, Perhaps I don't understand their perspective, but we are so lucky and fortunate to work for an organization that gives leave to all parents, right? Um, Of course, of differing types. I just wish everybody would take advantage of that. Okay, so uh, Avery and Fumi, I know that kind of along with parental leave and both of you being in situations where your partners are also working full time, that there's a lot... um, around the mental load that ends up being placed, um, on a mother's shoulders. If, uh, it's not, you know, looked at more closely, is there anything resources that you all have found that have been helpful in combating that? Absolutely. Um, I kind of treat my partnership like a business, which can sound heartless, but I think is how it works for the two of us. And a resource that I found that plays into that was um, a book by Eve Rodsky called Fair Play. It really challenges these inherited roles that we fall into and 
helps you visibly lay out all the things that are necessary to get done in a partnership, child or no, um, and divide up that labor and mental load fairly with the goal of having free time for both people in that partnership um, to be off duty um, in equal amounts. And I, I really enjoyed um, the exercise. We do it every quarter. Um, there's also a documentary that they just released that was in partnership with uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, actually. So it's it's there's so many different resources on fair play that I recommend folks going into, but it helped us um, divide and conquer more efficiently and has improved our lives immensely. I love that, Avery. I feel like I feel like that is something people should read in mm-hmm. in you know side by side with this book that I took on, which is Conscious The Conscious Parent by Dr. Shafal Shafali and me. I don't want to butcher it. Shafali Tabari. Um, so literally, you know, you talked about partnering, right? Looking, you know, working together and how to divide chores and do things together. And this part. For me and, and every people that know me kind of know that I, I love that self-consciousness. And that's literally how it approaches parenting. It's like if you're willing to look at yourself in the mirror, literally that is what parenting is about. Right. And just if you're willing to approach that wholeness. So I, I feel like I love those two together, like looking at that fair play and looking at conscious parenting together. Just I feel like I can't wait to get on to, get onto that book or that yeah. Book. Yeah, that sounds like a great recommendation. Thank you both for uh, sharing those resources. I think that uh, a lot of the resources shared today are, you know, not only helpful for parents, but also those of us who want to support our coworkers who are parents, as well as some resources like the book that you mentioned, Avery, that we could use just for our own interpersonal relationships. Right. And uh, so I think in wrapping up, kind of talking about Uh, parental leave. I just wanted to highlight something that I found um, by the Society for Human Resource Management that just highlights that offering paid leave tends to have strategic benefit, including their ability to attract talent, retain talent, employee and health, health and wellness, and employee engagement. And so just really highlighting the importance there. And I think there's probably a million other topics that we could touch on here that we could be talking for hours, um, but we really appreciate the time that you shared with us uh, today. And maybe we could have an extended version of this in the future where we can talk in more detail about some of them. Um, one thing that I did want to highlight before we uh, jumped off this call was our parent and caretaker uh, employee resource group here at Rockwell, and that that has been mentioned previously and, and what a huge help it has been. Um, but also to our listeners who are not Rockwell employees, looking into if this exists for you, and if not, potentially seeing if you can start one up uh, at your own company. Avery, and for me, thank you both so much again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thank you for having us. This is amazing. You know, just I, I've picked up one now. It's fair play. And I'm going to look into it because I cannot wait to see my husband's face when I tell him we're doing this. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> there's, review. You make like a little date night out of it. Have a glass of wine or whatever is a treat in your household. And you, there's a card game you play. Um, it's fun. 
but I do, I, I love this conversation. I'm so passionate about, uh, new parents. And I do believe in that quote too, Kara, that leave is such an important part of the overall benefits package that we offer. I know that it's one of the reasons why I have stayed with Rockwell, um, evaluating other opportunities that not everywhere offers those same things to parents and the packed ERG has been so nice to have learning from people who've done it before. Saves a lot of time. It does. It does. Hey, leaning into that help and not trying to invent the wheel, but also trying to um, expand, expand the road. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Well, um, Shatter listeners, this was brought to you by the survey that we send out internally, but feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can find us via email. We love these bits of feedback and sharing the sentiment and exploring some of these hard conversations with you all. So please reach out. Thank you all. Thank Thank you. you.